0: So we're going to spend a little bit of time here. Um, we just kind of talked about the defense a little bit, but I just, I wanted to get your guys's take um, kind of on uh, kind of a big picture overview of how the D has looked, uh, how, how the offense has looked, how the D has looked. We can talk about special teams a little bit. Um, and then we're going to wrap things up by um, looking ahead to the final six games and we're going to rank them hardest, to easiest, and we're going to make predictions um, and then, then we're going to get out of here. So um, Matt, you shared something with, with um, the common fan board of directors earlier. Um, This is really interesting. Uh, This is from arbitrary analytics. Uh, Very good Twitter
1: follow, follow, by the way, good
0: good Twitter follow Uh, the list of teams with at least 1200 yards rushing and holding opponents below 500 total yards rushing. There's two teams on that list. Yeah, the Air Force Falcons, and who do you think the other one is?
1: The Nebraska Cornhuskers.
0: Nebraska Cornhuskers. So this, my first thought on this, and this probably isn't fair to the Huskers, but you know, in the show The Office, when like Michael Scott, like something that should have been embarrassing would happen to him, and like he didn't realize it, and he was proud of it. (laughs) So I was sort of wondering if this is one of those things. I'm not sure if we should be proud of this. And um, uh, God bless. god bless the students at the air force academy thank you for your service uh you know i'd rather be lumped in a in a statistical category with you know georgia and ohio state and michigan
1: alabama and michigan
0: alabama um but um i i guess i think a positive way to a positive spin on this is what like what are two things the husker husker fans have complained about for the longest time the fact that we can't slash don't run the ball or we don't even commit to running the ball and you know defense stopping the run and that's clearly schemes might change systems might change coordinators might change but i think those two things really being a defensive football team overall is clearly really important to matt rule he said that much after um It was either after the mission game or the Illinois game, Um, but especially stopping the run. And then he wants to run the ball. He said, you know, he's also said he wants to run for 250 plus yards a game. So, I mean, I think that's that if anything, that stat is indicative of, okay, that his priorities are at least taking hold. There's a lot of sloppy things we need to clean up, but that is that's complimentary football and that can win you some games.
1: Yeah. I mean, if if that's my, my, the main takeaway for me from, from that stat was, that's a that's a brand of football, right? Like, you know, that Air Force and really all the military academies, they're going to try to run it down your dang throat and they're going to tackle well. And that's what we want. Right. You look at the numbers we're, we're running for we're averaging 200 rush yards a game. And that's a pretty bad. I think I don't know how many yards we had against Michigan. I don't know if we cracked 100. We might have with the Josh Fleeks garbage time, 70 some yarder. But we're running for 200 yards a game. We're running for five yards per attempt. Like those are, those are, if you didn't see, if you didn't watch those games, you'd be like, well, Nebraska runs the football fairly well. Like that's my, that'd be my takeaway if I wasn't, if I wasn't the hardcore fan that I am. Um, Now, could we run the ball better to better set up the pass? Yes, we could. But that would, that would involve being a little bit better at throwing the ball, which we can't do. What I would what I would personally love to see is, you know, we've, we've started to integrate that option, right? Started to integrate that option, and, and God love him. Heine's trying to pitch the ball. He's trying to get that pitch out to Grant. A couple times it looked okay. I would love them to bring back that little option pass that we used to run. I mean – Frazier ran it well. Crouch one. Even Jamal Lord could do that thing. where it looks it looks exactly like the option. And then he just the quarterback just pops back. There's like almost like a backwards, um backwards crow hop, and then and, and pops it over the top, who's down the field to Thomas Tommy Fadone. Yep. And and it'd be cause it would always be like like Tracy Wistrom or Matt Harrion, and then that, that tight end would be running wide open. If we could, if we could incorporate, and I'm not saying it has to be that, but if we could do like run, 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 boom, hit over the top with somebody, I know we're depleted at receiver, but do it, do that, do something to the tight end. I mean, I th- yeah. I think F- Fadone is my favorite player on the Husker yeah. offense, for the record, for sure. Yeah, the guy, and he just because he to me he plays and seems like he's a, he's like a killer, like he's got like mama mentality, like he just. He just wants to rip the other team's heart out. And I don't know how many guys like that we've had for a number number of years now. So I love how they're getting him more involved, and I hope he gets even more involved.
0: Well, and I, I hope they're taking the bye week to like, like let's narrow down the menu here yeah let's let's look at who's still healthy let's look at what we do well i mean they literally have been learning this option stuff on the fly from ron brown (laughs) i they've said as much and so like the offense has been it has not been pretty you know you point to this you know like total offense is is ranked 102 okay um rushing O is in the top 25 at least passing offense is is uh Down, down in, you know, Iowa territory at 125. Oof. Most of the offensive categories are not good. Um, I think it's, you, you have to acknowledge, you got to be a little bit, you know, uh, Satterfield's taken a lot of flack. And yeah. I think some of some of that is deserved. I think it was Glenn Mason when he was coaching at Kansas. Um, he had a son, uh, a son, was one of those guys at Kansas. He had a son in high school and the local media asked him, what do you do during, Uh, your son's games and he said i do what everybody else does i buy a hot dog a coconut hot dog and i sit in the stands and i complain about the play calling (laughs) So, like every (laughs) every every like play caller at every level of football is probably the most criticized you know person uh in in the in the whole coaching uh, outfit right um and so but i think to be fair to satterfield coming into this season uh we thought we were going to have xavier betts uh potentially you know you got we know he has game-changing speed decided not to play football anymore i isaiah garcia cast i got hurt yeah, um, first game yeah three three or four games in one of those two home games i think it was the first one right i think um,
1: yeah, in the first game
0: both gabe j- Irvin and ramir johnson oh no, sorry i meant it was yeah and then you know two, two of your top three running backs out for this season um, Jeff Sims has been hurt. I know there's, there's varying opinions on that. And I sort of wonder how hurt he really is, or if the coaches are just sort of using that to kind of protect him and give themselves an opportunity to bring him back. Uh, but either way, like the guy you thought was going to be your guy has not been your guy. Uh, and then we got the news today about the Marcus Washington stuff. And so like, you gotta give, you got like, he deserves some grace, right? Um, I think where fans get frustrated, and, and I would include my myself, I would include this common fan, in, in this category is, you look at the leap that the defense took in one off season, um, and I look, I know there's, I know there's, some seasoned guys on that side of the ball, you know Reimer and Henrik and. Um, uh, Newsome. And, you know, so there's, I mean, there's some, there's some, some players that have logged a lot of snaps at the college level on, on the defensive side of the ball, but that's kind of true of at least the O-line and some of these other players on offense. And we're still seeing penalties and turnovers and, you know, rule set after the Illinois game, he was kind of harping on. He felt like the Illinois players were chirping too much and, and causing some players to move. He, but he said, well, you know, we're not an undisciplined team. Well, it doesn't look like a disciplined team. Right. I, I don't know. And
1: don't you think some of some of the frustration I think is like everybody we're we're smart enough as Husker fans to know when we see a disciplined, good offensive line. Yes. And it's typically the offensive line or a tight end. I feel like Borkature has had like, I don't know how many false starts this year. And, and and it's always like, okay, one of the one of the five linemen jumped. Okay. So it's like I don't know. For me, that's 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 one's one's position group on our offense. There's a lot of starts there on that offensive line, guys. Like, if anyone should be the leaders on that offense, there's there's few, there's two or three offensive linemen there that have two seasons worth of starts. Like, it, let's clean at, that at, up a
0: little yeah, bit. At the very least, you got to cut back on the penalties, right? If yeah, you still got if you, still got, if you still got, sorry, get Jeff. Go ahead.
2: No, go no, go ahead, teach.
0: I was just going to say, I mean, if you still got guys, you know, winning one-on-one battles against you, okay, we can work on that, uh, but, like, at least clean up the penalties, Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I think, and I think the, you know, I was uh, talking to some folks during the Illinois game, I think the concern with the offense is, can they hang on to the ball long enough to give the defense breaks And can they score enough to not spoil this really good defense this year? Right. Cause it felt like uh, we kind of scored. We scored back-to-back touchdowns against Illinois. Wasn't the stat. It was was, We scored like two touchdowns in 10 seconds. Yeah. So like before that, it was like, it felt like it was three to nothing for a really long time. And maybe that was just partly in my head, but I said to a few people, like this is where, this offense struggling so bad is really a concern because the defense could play great, but they give up, they have one breakdown, one big play and it's seven to three and you're losing all of a sudden, right? Or, or a special team's mistake and it's seven to three or 10 to three or 14 to three or whatever. And so the offense, again, I just love to see them take the time this bye week to figure out who, who's left standing. What do they have to work with? Really drill down on that. um, And, 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 again, I like what rule says when he says we're a defensive football team, then you got to, you got to compliment it on offense. And there's times when I wonder if things get lost in translation or if rule just lets Satterfield completely call the plays, because there's times when it's like, we just need to hold the ball. And this goes back to even when Sims was like Sims or Harvard Mm -hmm. three plays in a row, just straight drop back. Yeah, like not even not even rolling them out, not even play action, just straight drop. I like, eh, no. don't really have the pieces to be doing it like this.
1: No, no. Oh, but there was there, there was that one there one moment the the uh, camera at the for the Illinois game caught it where we were on offense and we called timeout and you could see rule looking right at Satterfield going. It was either no, no, no or whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, right. Like <laughs> yes. he clearly did not like what they were about to do on offense, whatever play Satterfield was going with rule vetoed it. And, yeah. and, and, and you're right. I think we do need to give Satterfield a little bit of, a little bit of grace. Um, he's playing the hand he's dealt the best that he can. Um, but having said that, if, if this offense still can't get off the ground next year, then it started it's time to start talking about, okay, is Satterfield, the guy that's, because we're paying him a lot of money too. Right. Right. Um, But, you know, the other thing for me is that that's big with the bye week. We're going to have to have some of these young receivers come out and play because I don't know if we if we can roll out just Billy Kim, Alex Bullock and Ty Han and and have a good enough threat there. So it's like Malachi Coleman and some of these other guys are going to have to start getting some more snaps. And it's it's kind of one of those nervous and exciting things at the same time. Because, you know, when we, we get in that position, I'm like, well, let's we've got these guys are on scholarship. Let's see what they got. Like one of these guys could be a, an absolute baller. But, you know, he's, he's not not very experienced. But you, that's to me where you, you figure out something in the offense where let's try to get this kid the ball and see what he can do. You know, whether yeah, it's thrown over could- top to Coleman or you throw we've got a couple of little or speedier guys, throw him a little flanker screen. We, we haven't run hardly any screen passes. Whether it's to the running back, which I know we're depleted running back, or the receivers, I know we're depleted there, but I feel like that would be a neat little wrinkle to throw in there too. Do a, do a little, little third and third and long. Okay, instead of running a quarterback draw, do have, do we have a screenplay in the playbook that we can that we could try to run a little? Remember I remember when uh,
0: we haven't run the, a successful screenplay since the Clinton administration. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, Bill, say what you will about slick Willie Callahan. We had that slick little middle screen to Corey Ross back oh, okay, in the day. Fair. That was <laughs> just
0: beautiful. Just beautiful. So, can throw throw a little wrinkle in there, Saddy. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, just a package of plays even for some of these guys who are athletic. I, I right. get it. You know, in, in another trying to be fair to the offense, it's a little bit harder to learn. You know, an entire offense than it is to say, to throw a defender out there and say, go make a play. Right. And so you can probably yeah. have a little more freedom to do that on defense. Um, but yeah, like just, um, come up with a package of plays for some of these guys. I mean, I think that's, you know, if we want to be dancing in the streets on, on December 15th, uh, with, um, the Goodyear blimp dot com bowl, uh, the big, cons- I think the, may- honestly, the biggest threat to that happening is, is our depth, which, uh, which isn't very deep. Yeah. Well,
2: the question I always throw out there too, is that, so with you brought this up too, TJ saying with Sims and Harburg, we've, let's be honest, besides the Michigan game so far, Harburg is, we're, we're winning. We're trending in a, in a direction that we want to go. And I've heard rumblings of now people want to bring Sims back again. And is that something that you guys would agree with? Is that something we think is a bad idea? I just, I don't understand. Why can the Husker Nation never be good with what's happening at that given moment? Why does there always right. have to be change or something different every week to week? I don't. I don't. We're f- winning right now. I mean, I don't have anything against Sims, but things seem to be going okay right now. Why do we want to mess with that? G-
1: yeah, I don't think I don't, you I don't can. That. I don't understand that either, Jeff. That's a great. That's a great point because I keep seeing this. Oh, well, they're going to have to bring back Sims if they want. Well, why, why? would you? Uh, Harburg's three and one. And his last mm-hmm. four starts, well, I guess why why mess? I mean, for me, yeah, it wasn't a huge sample size, but I saw Jeff Sims the first two games, which we lost, by the way. Just we and we talked about it in, the, in our intro pod. We couldn't he couldn't catch a snap, you know. Yeah. And then and and the fact that we should have beat Minnesota, you can you don't want to blame one guy, but pretty dang costly interceptions, right? Um. Yeah. I so, just think okay. you you go with you go with the guy that maybe isn't quite as athletic, but damn it, he runs the ball hard. Um,
2: and, the, and, and you said it too, Owens. You said it, it doesn't matter how we win, we we won. You know, just win w is a W, and just win, working, baby. It's working.
0: Yeah, yeah just win, so, baby. so setting aside what we should do, what do you guys think will happen? Because I do. I mean, I feel like I'm not suggesting that the coaches have been lying to us, but I do think the ankle is a convenient way for them yeah. to not to, to make it seem like they're not really choosing well sims is still recovering and heinrich's been playing well so they just kind of do this week-to-week thing without having to and and maybe they're protecting sims a little i respect that if they're re- respecting or you know protecting their player a little bit um but it also kind of feels like are they keep just keeping that option open for themselves too um, so they get, well, he's fully healthy now. So he, he's, it's the job is his again, um, my guess is again, coming back to the depth thing and how often we're running Harburg, we're probably going to need both of them to get, to yeah, regardless. sure. Yeah. Yeah. I,
1: I, yeah. I think you're spot on. Cause I even said that, um, after Colorado, after, after Sims rolled his ankle, I, you know, I said to several buddies, I'm like, you know, don't you think even if the ankles somewhat, okay. You you say you're going with Harbor because Sims is too dinged up. And I think there I personally think you're onto something there. I think that's I think that's what's going on. I don't think you want to flat out say, no, you know, we're going with Heine. I think you I think you just kind of leave him leaves Sims where he's at. And if, if there's signs of of struggle from Heine, then you go, Yeah, okay, Jeff, get in there. Let's see what you got.
2: I think the way you're gonna know for sure who's gonna go. Is if you go to Amigos, they have this Jeff Sims combo special, <laughs> and it's so good, um, and it's really <laughs> affordable. And so, if you know I, I'm going to keep checking this week, but I'm going to go at least two or three times. And if it says Heinrich Harburg special, eight ninety nine for a crisp meat and a soft taco, Mexi fries and a drink, you bet your ass he's starting this that that coming game. You can guarantee. I need that.
0: it I, first. First of all just spot on this is why you come to the common fan podcast for this kind of spot on analysis that's that's absolutely brilliant geoff but second of all i didn't by the realize, way go
1: go get yourself a jeff Sims chamomile amigos
0: i was just, just going to say I, I didn't realize um uh so it's a crisp meat and a soft taco and, and a mexi drink and mexi fries and, and mexi drink. fries and a drink yeah. uh 99 in this inflation-fueled environment, you can get all whoop. that for for a ten dollar for less than a ten dollar bill. Uh, count me in.
1: That's a hell yeah. of a deal. And, and amigos, yeah. Yeah. if if you're listening or you know somebody at amigos, we will accept sponsorships for this podcast.
0: I'll just <laughs> accept one free Jeff Sims special. There you Make go.
2: <laughs> just don't okay. charge us for the ranch or the cheese.
0: We've got to we've got to keep moving. Um, We talked about the D. I just want to put a bow on on this conversation of the offense and the defense. I think the last thing with the defense is uh, how well they play as a team. Uh, You know, I don't. um, Again, I'm not an expert on film or technique or X's and O's. Uh, I don't know how many Sunday guys they have. I know Frost uh, always said Reimer would, would be a Sunday guy. Maybe Quentin Newsom, maybe Henrich, and then maybe some of these young guys. I mean, I think some of these young guys that that Rule brought in are really talented, um, but they're freshmen. I mean, there's a lot of – there's some, a number of freshmen playing. And so um, I think what's been encouraging is just uh, how they play as a team. Again, I think I said it earlier. It's a really good defense. Um, it remains to be seen, I think, if it's a great defense because we have seen some elite defenses in Lincoln. Um, but it's just it's really exciting to have a defense that plays so well together, that tackles well, that flies to the ball, that's rotating in a ton of guys, which gives you hope for the future. And is it just just being a defensive program again? I mean, we're known for the black shirts. Uh, how many years have have you heard an announcer say, and here come the black shirts and your, your heart almost sinks because it's like, well, it's not really the black shirts we know. It's not really the black shirts. Uh these guys are going to give up about, you know, 450 yards of offense today. So it feels like where it feels like we're we're refocusing on defense as a program. I think that's one of the things that's most exciting to me about this whole operation. Yeah, yeah. and
2: gets that too. I mean, like he said so like I remember on game day when they did news broke that he was going to get hired, he mentioned growing up watching the huskers that's just what he remembers about vintage college football back in the day and one of the things that he said was that he wanted to get back to nebraska playing that you know smash mouth football being a defensive team and going back to the roots of when you used to watch the nebraska's the oklahomas where these teams would just beat the living hell out of each other for four quarters and i'm i'm just happy that we've got a guy that probably most likely understands that and kind of wants to push it back in that direction, which I grew up with it. So I love it. I'm on board.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And and how, how sweet is it too? You mentioned that these guys, we've got these guys stepping up like Phelan Sanford from Benkelman, Nebraska. I mean, there's, there's a little, and, and over the years, if you look back, there's always like some guy from small town, Nebraska, that makes some sort of like little husker magic play. And I love to make in that great hit against Illinois, and the ball just pops out. Like it, some, yeah. some hard-nosed white dude from bankelman Nebraska is playing Big Ten Power Five football and making yeah. plays. That mm-hmm. to me, that that screams Nebraska football and black shirt football just about more than anything.
0: And we and, him, and Gifford and, and he Gifford. hasn't been the only one.
1: No, and yeah. Gifford from Lincoln, Nebraska. Look, like these two, these two white dudes from from Nebraska are balling out and helping us win games. I just love that. Yeah. I just love it.
2: Oh, that's cool. It's cool to see. And I mean, I know we're talking defense, but I mean, for God's sake, our quarterback right now is just from Kearney. Like we're just—I love the fact that we just have
0: players from. <laughs> or as <interesting>.
1: Gus Johnson, <laughs> Gus Johnson always says, Kearney.
0: Kearney. <laughs> well, and then and Chuba uh, Kearney. Chuba. And and um, Ty Han, uh, I can't remember where he's from. I'm trying to look this up really quick. Aurora, he had a catch from Johnson, Nebraska. He played Johnson class, Brock, Class D two. Yeah, played eight, for Johnson man, Brock, man. Yeah. Um. And 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 I remember. I mean, he was a great athlete. I remember when Frost brought him in as kind of like a preferred walk on deal or something yep. like that. Uh, but he had a catch against Illinois. Alex Bullock and the Bullock, the, the, the Bullets 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 boys players. from Prep from Crane Prep right i love that's been that's been cool to see um and um anyway okay um moving on i don't want to spend too much time on this one thing we haven't talked about is the special teams tristan alvano another nebraska boy I think he's going to be the future at the place kicker position. We're not here to bag on an 18, 19-year-old kid. Uh, He's one of four on field goals right now. That is concerning. I think it probably would have helped him to have walked into a more stable situation so he could have a year to get acclimated to college football and maybe get into a few games, but not have everything be on his shoulders. And so I just think I only bring this up, you know, the coverage teams, the return teams, largely been sound you know we've had a a few nice returns mostly covered well i mean i think the biggest thing with special teams right now outside of the kicking game the place kicking game the biggest thing is like i don't feel like i have to hold my breath on every punt like right you know i don't feel like i have to hold my breath when we're receiving a punt and like worry what what disaster debacle is going to happen now um and it's just it will one of the many things that will always be just sort of shocking to me about the frost era is that um he just refused to pay more attention to special teams and it continued to hurt him. Right. Anyway, we don't have to go ah. down that rabbit hole. Um but uh I don't know I know Timmy Bleak Road is still on the roster. Mm-hmm. Uh he kicked for us last year. I think when we're talking everything we've been talking about is a a, def- a team where the defense will keep us in the games. The offense has to do just enough. So what does that suggest? A lot of close games. Right. And what's going to make the difference? And you your I.O. example, Matt, was perfect. Making field goals. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you can you can score a touchdown or two and then add one to three field goals, you know, that's you know, those field goals could be the difference between a win and a loss. Um, and so that's just that's a concern again. I think Tristan Alvano is going to have a bright future at Nebraska. I think he is the future of the kicking game. They got to do whatever they can do, though, to win these next six games.
1: Yeah, and but I I am encouraged by to me the special teams. Other than you know Alvano again, true freshman kicker, um, and he's three for seven, by the way. T. I think he said he's one for four and two. Oh, Illinois. I'm sorry.
0: He was three. he was he was one for four going into Illinois. Yeah.
1: Um, but I just, I just want sufficient special teams. Don't have the special teams be the reason that you lost. Right. right. Um, right, there's right. encouraging things there. Like we've been knock on wood. We've been good at catching punts. Um, we had like a, a crazy blocked punt against Illinois that I think actually hit, um, uh, uh, was it Gunnarsson I think, or who, who blocked that? I can't remember, who blocked, but it like hit him in the leg. Because we, we had a good rush on, but it counts as a blocked punt. Like we didn't end up turning it into points because the offense trump tripped over their own, uh, what have you. But um, I just want the special teams to be just good enough. I don't think we're in a spot right now where, like we, we talked about Iowa, that Cooper Cooper DeJean or Cooper DeJean kid from, um, for Iowa had like a had a, a pick and a punt return for a touchdown. Like I don't know if we're at a spot where we're going to get punt return touchdowns or kick return touchdowns. Just don't fumble the ball. Be sufficient in the special teams game. Don't let it be the reason we lost. And I get, I know you might say, well, it might come down to we need a field goal to win the game. Is that having the special teams be the reason you lost? I don't know when you're putting a true freshman out there, but just be sufficient.
0: Well, and it... it I know the answer is yes, but do you remember DeMorne Pearsonell? Oh my god. I mean, do you remember how spoiled we were? Um that 2014, I that 2014 game at Iowa. I'm trying to remember. He had he had at least one return for a touchdown and one other long one, or was it two returns for touchdowns? I could I could really think he
1: returned one one all the way and then one down like in inside like the 15-yard line he, or something. He
0: basically won that game for us. Yeah. And the guy was such an electric playmaker um so yeah, you know, we, we don't have to go down uh, that rabbit hole but um uh, i think you're spot on matt like just just be sufficient and don't take us out of the game or don't hurt our chances to win the game right right okay common fans. we have covered a ton of ground here this pod has been a lot of fun this might and be a
1: two-parter tj
0: it might be. We'll see how we end up splicing it in the, we'll see what the, what the board of directors decides to do in the editing room. Um. All right. We're, we're going to wrap this thing up by looking ahead to the, to the final six games on the schedule. I don't know if this makes any sense. Are you guys Sopranos fans? Uh, I just
2: Google the scene. The, you remember the intervention scene? Oh, that that, that Soprano, scene is, is all time best, peak best. Sopranos.
0: So, it's so funny.
2: To give you listeners a little bit of background here, we talked about in the previous podcast about how Husker football can be an addiction, especially to people that have lived through <laughs> the really, really good times. And it got me thinking that sometimes Husker football fans need to have an intervention. Maybe they're just a little bit too over the top and maybe are blinded by the the goodness that they once had and need an intervention. And I thought immediately of Christopher Moltisanti during his intervention and that whole thing completely coming off the rails and him physically <laughs> fighting his family. Yeah. <laughs> and That's... I feel like that was a good, perfect example of what it would be like to sit down with a diehard Husker football fan. That's and so true. And to calm down a little
0: bit. That's so true. That scene is just peak Sopranos because yeah. none of them are capable of like actually doing being mature and, and like executing the intervention in the way that they're supposed to. And so yep. a couple of the Pauly and, and I think at least Pauly, maybe one or two others end up insulting Christopher. Yep. Uh, I think they all they all, yeah, they all end up fighting. <laughs> it's just, it's dark uh, and funny and it's just like peak Sopranos. Yeah. Um. So I don't know if this makes any sense. I was going to reference a different episode, but uh, I think it was at the final season or one of the final seasons, uh, Bobby Bacala, uh, convinces this rapper um, that he, Bobby, should should shoot the rapper, um, not to kill, not to not to kill him, just to like increase his street cred, give him
2: some cred, and, yep,
0: and increase his record sales. And he convinces the rapper to pay him to 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 shoot, <laughs> to shoot this guy. But when he's talking to him, he says, no, it'd just be the fleshy part of the thigh." Like he's yeah. telling <laughs> someone when he <you'd> shoot him, <laughs> it would just be the fleshy part of the thigh. And I don't know why, but when I look at the the next three games, especially, I the, I just keep thinking of the phrase, the fleshy part of the thought. <laughs> I don't really know if that makes sense or not. <laughs> but um, the Huskers, uh, it, it's a bye week, and we're aiming to release this episode kind of Friday, Saturday uh, of the bye week to give uh, uh, fellow Common fans something to focus on, some content to focus on during the bye week. So coming out of the bye week, we're going to have – Uh, Northwestern at home. We're going to have uh, Purdue at home. Uh, Then we're at Michigan state. Then we've got Maryland at home at Wisconsin and Iowa at home. So again, I think Maryland, Wisconsin, Iowa gets a little bit trickier, but you look at uh, Northwestern, Purdue, Michigan state, two of those three, three teams, um, have fired the coaches, their their head coaches right. that they thought they were going to have for the season. Like yep. uh, Mel Tucker at Michigan State was in season. Northwestern was right before the season. Purdue obviously has a first time head coach. None of them have been very good, um, and so this is really our chance. Like we were just, I, I dare not say it out loud again, but like if we could run off three in a row, um, I mean Husker Husker Nation will be beside themselves. Really feels like sure. we got to get at least two of these three, don't you think, guys?
2: I personally from just from the looks of the schedule and you laid it out there perfectly TJ that I think that we win the next three for sure. And I, I don't usually say that because before in previous seasons, there was no, as I say, in the investment world, their past performance is not indicative of future returns. And in this case here, from what I've seen so far this season, I think, especially with the Illinois game, I think that with Northwestern, they're only two on the road right now as as my numbers calculate. So I think we've got, Uh, a good home game there where we have a good chance. I think we'll be just fine Um, when it comes to Purdue another home game. When I was looking at numbers there, I think they're one and one for away games. So I think we're looking okay there. And then as far as Michigan States go, we're, we're going there. It's an away game, but like coaching, like we talked about already, that that seems to be a situation for them right now. I've got a good feeling on that one. Um, And then the remaining three games after that, we've got Maryland, Wisco and Iowa, Maryland's going to probably be a problem. Not going to lie to you there. I'm not going to sugarcoat that at all. Uh, Wisconsin, um, I mean, Luke Fickle, first year, still looking pretty good there. Going to be a tough game. I'm not really too confident in that one. I do think we're going to beat Iowa, personally, just because of Owens, what he's talking about as far as – not the best offensive team, but they're just grinding it out. I think that we do have a shot with them. So, oh, and oh, I think that we have a good look at at least having positive record by the end of the year and dancing in the streets. Um, <laughs> that's my two cents.
0: Okay. So, so I agree. I think if for some reason we, we win two out of the next three instead of three out of the next three, and and let's hope we at least do that. Um you know that thing. Everything, everything we want to accomplish is still in play, especially with that Iowa game. I mean, you obviously you you wanted to beat Maryland, you wanted to beat Wisconsin, but I think I, I agree with you. So here's what I'd like to do though, um, let's let's go through like and actually I'm going to ask you like each of us to pick what's your hardest game, what's your next hardest game. We're going to rank them hardest to easiest. And then I'm going to force you guys to pick, Gio. I know you said you know some of those games you felt good about, others you didn't feel as good about. But to, I want you guys to actually pick uh, win or losses for each of them. So, what do you think is the hardest game left on the schedule?
2: For me personally, it's going to be
0: Maryland. That's mine. Okay, interesting. Yep. I got Tell I got Wisconsin. Know. I
1: think Wisconsin on the I got, road.
0: What, Wisconsin was is what I had as well. Tell us your thinking on that, Gio.
2: Well, I just I mean, just from last week, I mean, with Ohio State, I mean, I know things didn't turn out the way they wanted to, but going into that game in the Big Ten, I mean, what's the record now? Like when I was
0: looking at they've had one loss so far. I think they're right? five and one. I think they're five and yeah. one.
2: Yeah. So I mean, pretty darn good as far and I never thought I'd say that from a standpoint of like usually Maryland and like a rutgers and those type of teams really aren't that big of a threat. But for some reason, just the hype that they got going into the Ohio State game really kind of turned me on to them so i think that that might be a challenge for us
0: well and i Um, would also say they they like to spread it out and throw it up and if mm -hmm. there's an area where we i think have been most vulnerable where the defense has been most vulnerable this year it's been against the pass now they come they come into town on uh in in second week second weekend in november so maybe the weather's a factor or something like that but i think you know i i think I think that's a really, that's a really good point. All right. So I I've got us losing to Wisconsin. Owen Owens, what do you have for Wisconsin and do you have do you have us, where do you have us for Maryland?
2: I have us losing against Maryland and I have us losing against Wisconsin. So
0: okay. I
1: have I have the same, I have uh, I think those are one and two. I got Wisconsin as the hardest of the remaining six and Maryland as the second
0: hardest. Okay, that that's what I had. So I don't know why I was really grilling you on Maryland Jeff, because I had Maryland as the next hardest game and I have us losing that one as well. Um so Jeff, and Jeff do you do you have Wisconsin as your second hardest? Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. So we're all kind of on the same page. Maryland and Wisconsin are probably the two toughest left on the schedule. However you want to rank them, um neither of us. And look, let let me say this. What I've seen of those teams and it uh, it hasn't been a ton, but what I've seen of those teams, I think we can run with them, play with those teams. I think we can win those games. But I think, mm-hmm. you know, where we are as a program, you know, where Husker fans have been, it seems like a lot to kind of pick those as right. Well.
1: Yeah. I think with with those two also the the two the two head coaches of those teams, right? Like I think for and I don't know if he gets enough credit. Mike Loxley at Maryland, who has been a head coach. He's like kind of one of those guys that like his head coach didn't work out. Went and worked for Nick Saban, and now he's been at Maryland for I don't know how long he's been there two three years at least. Um, but he's got some players there, and he's got Tua's brother at quarterback, who has, seems like he's been there forever, and um, he's a, he's going to be a problem. You know, he's similar to me, not maybe not quite as dynamic as Shador Sanders, but similar where he's he's athletic enough where he can basically to me he buys himself time to be able to make the throws it's not necessarily he's going he's going to scramble on and then end up running the ball it's like buy myself some time so I can get the ball out um and then and then in madison i mean it's, we're going to madison yeah. the week before thanksgiving it's going to be cold it's the jump around um we'll yeah. know and, and and we'll know more about wisconsin by then too i feel like they've they've kind of been like yeah, maybe they're not that great. They lost to Washington State, but Washington State's pretty damn good, guys. Um Yeah, that's right. So, you know, I think Wisconsin, Maryland, those two are gonna be those two are gonna be
0: the toughest. All right. So we've all got Wisconsin, Maryland as a, as our toughest two games. Uh, Matty O, what do you have as the the next most difficult game after that?
1: I have um the regular season finale Iowa at home. That's what um, I've got. Geops, just, man,
0: just strictly had
1: had. strictly yeah. because it's it's iowa it's our border rival it's kirk Ferentz. it's brian Ferenc. it's it's going to be i i feel like it could be an absolute bloodbath and i feel like it's going to be like one of those 10-7 or 13-10 to 10 football games <laughs> right where well, like a, yeah I, a I, I fluke abso- touchdown is like the deciding factor
2: yeah special and teams are going to matter in that
0: one yes exactly i absolutely believe we can win that game um but I think, you know, we, we as Husker fans need to recognize as much as not just Husker nation, but really all of college football loves to make fun of Brian Ferentz and that completely inept offense. And rightly so, you know, we're, we're kind of a similar program, right?
1: now. We are, but yeah. here, here's where I come out on that. Like here, and here's where I stand with Iowa moving forward in the future. If we can be as talented or more talented than Iowa, which I feel like most years, even the last six, seven years where we've been terrible, we've been as talented or more talented, but they've just outmatched us with physicality. If we can be as talented or more talented and match their physicality, there's no reason we shouldn't beat Iowa every single year. And, And when I watched last year, it was like, okay, we matched their physicality, And then we had one guy who just wanted to rip their throats out, and it was Trey Palmer. If we can get one or two guys in here, and I don't know if they're on the roster right now, if we can get one or two guys like that that are just can take the game over with one or two huge plays, we will beat Iowa every single year.
0: Well, I think for this year, it is not insignificant that Cade McNamara, uh, their starting quarterback, is out for the year. Yeah. so uh, obviously best to him. You never would never celebrate that sort did of thing. You,
1: did you see the, the guy that came in for him? He's a chonky boy. Yeah, he, he's <laughs> a thick fella.
0: He's been he's been eating tombstones with Bert Bielema. He, he was like
1: funny. he was like one for nine with like an interception and like the one completion was like nine yards, and then he threw like a beautiful touchdown pass to who their tight end, like <laughs> Iowa, tight end university. And then it's like, oh yeah, now I was up by two touchdowns. <laughs> like you got to get
0: Okay, so Wisconsin, Maryland, Iowa kind of the toughest three games on the schedule. We all agree on that. Um so let's just do this. Let's just do it like this for your for those for those other three Northwestern, Purdue, Michigan State. Give them to me all three hardest to easiest and tell me uh, if you're calling win or loss for each of them.
1: All right, I got I got Michigan State. Back? Michigan State um Sorry, did you want GF to go first? No, go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. I got Michigan State. um, So the hardest to easiest Michigan State just because it's on the road.
0: Yep. Okay.
1: And then Purdue just because I think they're a little more skilled than Northwestern. So then obviously Northwestern I think is the easiest of the six games left.
0: And and what uh, what's your what's your call? Uh, you know, actually, did we call? Did we actually put go on the record for Iowa? Oh, I don't know that did. I did. We're going to be I don't think we did. We're I got them. As a, I put it as a W. Yeah, uh, it's I said that 50-50. earlier. Okay, yep. it's yep. always 50-50. I always have the butterflies, but I put it down as a
1: W. Yeah, I think we're going. I think we're going. I I I got us. I got us winning the next three, and then dropping two in a row to Maryland, Wisconsin, then beating Iowa. So that puts us at seven and five, boys. That's what I. That's what I got, and then maybe that's Kool Aid drinking, um, but I it really is. think the the that's way we we're playing, it. way we're playing D, and if we can just not lose the turnover margin, I think we can really make that happen.
2: I would so, say not knowing, like if have we not won the Illinois game, I think that would certainly skew my decisions. But oh yeah, I I said the exact same thing too, man. As next three games, I think we win. Have we not beat Illinois? I wouldn't be that confident in these, but just that Big Ten road win. Changed my whole perspective on how this season could possibly go because we can do it. I know we can. It's there, um, so I agree with Matt. I said next three, uh, Michigan State on the road is going to be difficult. I would say Northwestern hopefully would be the easiest with Purdue kind of falling in the middle there.
0: Yeah, I, I was. I had the exact same thing, guys. So we're all, we all, we all so, agreed. On, we all
1: agreed on all of these, all right? Is yeah, that what so like,
0: I mean, Wisconsin, Maryland. We had those. We weren't in exactly the same order, but we all agreed that those are kind of the toughest two games. Um, and then Iowa is sort of the next toughest after that, which means, as you said, Geoff uh, our three best chances and this is not revolutionary here. I don't think this is really a um, deep analysis, but our next three, our next best our chances for for wins are our next three games. Yeah. Um, you know, Northwestern absolutely needs to be a win. That's a dumpster fire of a program. Uh, Purdue with a new head coach. Uh, they're not as good as they were last year at all. Um, and then you just got to go into Michigan State and win that game um they they have got a lot of problems uh this coaching change uh is, is unsettling for the program so you got to win the next three um i mean guys if we get to seven and five that bowl game like it, that bowl game could be after christmas i mean that could be like a december 26th december 27th be. bowl game we could be playing notre um, dame and maybe it doesn't have a dot com at the end of it right i mean that the, the like, one uh
1: the one a bowl thing game
0: people have heard of
1: the one thing we shared, I think you shared this maybe with us today, TJ, was that graphic that had the bowl game predictions. And I think it was from Big Game Boomer on Twitter, who historically loves to engage Husker fans by pumping us up or or taking us down, but um had us in the Las Vegas bowl against Washington State. Like that would be that would be awesome. I mean, we play against Cam Ward in Washington State. And that, was that, and that the that one was very that was December twenty third. I think so. I, think I would that, take that though.
0: Was that the one I retweeted? That might have been. I
1: think. One. Yeah, I think it was. Well, here's okay. so here. So here's what this is the one that I'm not totally sure That's on, right. is Michigan State, right? Um, Here's their schedule coming up before they play us at Rutgers. They'll probably lose at Rutgers. Rutgers is four and two. They're, they're decent, right? They hung with Michigan for like a quarter and a half or so.
0: Well, and Charles instilled the physical culture in that program. I mean, oh, those guys. Yeah. they we, we beat them last year, but but that was a rock fight.
1: Yeah. So R- Michigan State is at Rutgers. They got Michigan at home, and then they go to Minnesota, and then they play us. So they're going to get absolutely the snot rocked out of them three weeks in a row, and then they got us coming to town. So that that kind of plays into my. My win prediction there a little bit is their their schedule the next three weeks before we come to town. I just I think they're going on three and I think they're going to be real beat up. So I think because well, that, that was my one thing where I'm like, okay, we're probably going to lose to Wisconsin. We're probably going to lose to Maryland. Going on the road at Michigan State. Um, I just I think they're I think they're going to be real beat up. They're going to be they're going to yeah. lose the next three. And when you have the instability
0: in of what they've been through, like.
1: Right. The mental factor to keeping
0: together as a program. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess we saw last year after frost got canned, that team really rallied around Mickey. So anything is possible. Um, but what do we do? We lost a bunch of close games. So yeah, we still did. Well, all right, common fans. Uh, this has been a thoroughly enjoyable uh, sort of mid season review. We were hopeful to get this pod kicked off at the beginning of the season uh we just weren't able to do that for a variety of reasons um but we're excited that our second pod ever uh, can be kind of an in-depth um, middle point of the season review. And then the plan is on top of uh, other interesting and engaging pods, uh, we'll do a breakdown of every game uh, from here on out uh, for the rest of the season. And then we'll probably host um, some sort of party when we get to a bowl game, uh, some sort of uh, perhaps remote dancing in the streets type of party or something like that. Um Please make sure, again, as we said at the beginning of the episode, follow us on Twitter at CommonFanGBR. Send us an email uh, if you want to engage in the discussion, CommonFanGBR at gmail.com. Would also be great if you want to um, leave a rating or a review on uh, whatever podcast uh platform you're uh you're following on subscribe to the pod follow the pod all kinds of actions and all kinds of ways you can get involved uh with uh with the common fan pod here but we appreciate you listening we're having a blast doing this uh again boys let's end on a positive note the future is bright with coach rule and the boys we go into a bye week with a nice big w and uh, we can everybody can relax this weekend and just enjoy watching college football. Uh, any final thoughts from the fellow Common fans?
1: I think just um, maybe pop in a couple of tombstone pizzas this weekend and enjoy college football and not have to worry about the Huskers giving you anxiety.
2: The CFIC is real. Trust no
0: one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, with that, Common fans, we'll talk to you again soon. GBR. Go be ready. <laughs>
2: Uh,